Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. And this is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. Okay, you sounded so very professional there. Thank you. <laughs> I'm here all day. Okay. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm trying to keep my head above water before the holidays. Same, same. These freaking elves. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Dang elves. <laughs> Yeah, I'm over him. I'm over him already. I don't have any any creativity this year whatsoever, and I feel bad because um, my youngest is probably my most like enthusiastic. Yeah, <laughs> he's just getting this like elf that just moves. Yeah. <laughs> well, you set your bar high. You like you really made that your thing for quite a few years. Oh my gosh, it totally was my thing. I was like, I could have probably had my own Pinterest page, but I'm hundred percent. Isaiah was like the other day, he goes, mom, why don't you just go back to all those old ones? Cause Langdon wasn't around anyway. Or he was too <laughs> little. Yeah. It doesn't know. Well, it started before him. So there was, oh. yeah, there's was years before him. He's like, he wasn't there. And I was like, Oh, good Poor idea. Buddy. Go back was through your Instagram. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, do it. was I even posting on social media at that point? I don't know. <laughs> we are aging ourselves right now. Yeah, we are. So <laughs> anyway, um, I have a little a quick little story for you, actually, while we're on the topic of my youngest okay. guy. He um, had a project for school because they were talking about, I think, in social studies, like goods and services and whatnot, you know, the difference between that and whatever. And so he had to do an interview. He had to interview somebody about their work. Okay. Their and so, of course, when he comes home with it, my thought is, well, you know, you're going to interview your dad because I don't, I'm, I stay home. So right. I don't work. And except we put it off all week. And then the day that I pull it out and remember to do it, Emery was at, I don't know, some work event after. And I was like, I don't know if he's going to get home in time before I put Langdon to bed. So what now what? Like, what do we do? And he goes, Mom, I'll interview you. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't work. <laughs> and Xavier or somebody, I don't remember who was like, but you you do. You, you have a podcast. And I was like, all right. I do. I have a job. Okay. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> so here's what do you need question? to know, Langdon? <laughs> yeah. What do you want to know? These are the questions. Who are you interviewing? Of course, the answer is mom. What is your job? My answer, podcaster. <laughs> Why did you choose your job? <laughs> I'm just going to read what he wrote after because clearly I answered it, but then he wrote the sentence. She loves it. It's fun. <laughs> it shows us. <laughs> what are the benefits of your job? Flexible, interesting, and work with my best friend. Oh, this is cute. <laughs> and work is spelled W-E-R-K, by the yeah. way. You know, so you better to- work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm it's probably more used to writing the word twerk than work, so you may get some confused. <laughs> anyway. Um does your company provide a good or service? A good. <laughs> anyway, that was a silly question, but <laughs> it was just funny because I was like, this would have been probably more interesting with Emery, although maybe not. Emery thought it was more interesting than it was me. I agree. Work. <laughs> Simple. I work. I work. We don't work. We work. <laughs> Big difference. That's so cute. He's killing it. Yeah. He is killing. You know what my kid's doing at school? He's telling people, like, lying to them about how he gets injuries. 
Mm-hmm. He gets, yeah, he flies. <laughs> like he, <laughs> he had this thing on his leg and somebody was like, oh, Miles, what happened to your leg? And he's like, a snake bit me. <laughs> like no hesitation. Didn't even have to think. He like definitely thought of if somebody asked me, this is what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, he just tells people stuff. Oh my god! And then they'll be like, where, "Where'd you get that bruise on your arm?" Or what? Happened? Well, yesterday it was broke. I broke my arm, and so this, and that's what's left over. It healed. It healed already. Yeah, that <laughs> the snake bite. It's a survivor, man. <laughs> so yeah, that's what we're doing. That's what my little mm-hmm. one is doing. I'm so proud. Yeah, you should be. You should be. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, Christmas is coming, right? In a couple yeah, weeks. Is. We're a couple weeks away. So. Um, I think our, our social media is going to be a little, uh, more active, maybe, I don't know, but it's just going to be more interesting things on there. We might be having a little contest, so you should keep your eye out for that. I'm not going to give any more details. And also we may have a merch code. I don't know. We haven't decided yet. So you should just keep an eye on the socials for the next week or so. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Okay. Work. Work it. <laughs> We're gonna work that Instagram. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know if I can handle any more of this intro. So do you want to just get into the crime? It's crime time. Let's let's okay. work. Okay. Are you ready for one of these true crime stories that we usually do? <laughs> Is that what we do here? I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> okay. So this one's a little different because, well, it's funny because the last case I did was from Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Puerto Rico. Oh, isn't that a song? Anyway. Don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just a chant. <laughs> anyway. Um, this one's from the UK. So I'm just like stepping outside here a little bit outside the box because Puerto Rico is still U.S., you know. Right. But a little further outside of what we normally do. Now I'm way, way across the pond yes. <laughs> in the U.K. It's not a listener suggestion. I just wanted to do something that I have had on my list for a little bit. Um, and so I, I put the listener suggestions aside for a week. Oh. I'll go back next time. I like it. I'm excited. Um, I actually found it when it was news. I don't know how it came up in my feed, but it, cause it's not that old. It was a 2020 crime. Oh yeah. It takes place in Dorset County in England. I'm sure you shall say it a different way <laughs> with your accent. Me? Can you say oh. it? Yeah. Oh, Dorset you- County? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm obsessed with everything British. Right. <laughs> Do you know where Dorset County is? Or no? I don't think so. Okay. I don't know. It's in the south. It's southwest England. So it's like the county itself borders like the um, water. You know, it's a, you know, what's that called? called? Oh my gosh. Why can't I think of words this morning? I'm so tired. Anyway, it's, <laughs> it's on the she's water. Been up since 530. <laughs> no, I've been up since 445. Oh, <laughs> Got it. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Okay. It's somewhat of a recent case. As I said, it happened in the first half of 2020. I'm not sure if more information will come out about the background of some of the key players in this case, but as of right now, there isn't that much in so that much out there. So just bear with me. Let's, we'll just get into what we have. Claire Perry 
was a 41-year-old woman who, she was born in December of 1978, so she's the same age as me, actually. Okay. Uh, she was a nurse, wife, and mother of two. She had an eight-year-old daughter and a six-year-old son. Her husband, Andrew, is a police officer with the Dorset Police Department, and they lived in Bournesmouth, which is inside Dorset County, and she worked at a medical center in Bournesmouth. Okay. There we have then we have Timothy Bremer, who is also a police officer with the Dorset Police Department. He met his wife, Martha, at a police induction ceremony in 2003, and they were married in 2006. Martha was a police officer, too, and eventually becomes a detective with the police department. She has a, or they have a nine-year-old son, and they live in Hortle, which is in Hampshire County. And from what I understand it's the next county over. It's a little bit of a distance of a drive, but not that far for him to be working in Dorset County. So Claire and Timothy meet in 2006, which is the same year in which he and Martha were married. Take note. Oh. At a, yes. At a work event and became friends because she was a nurse and he was a police officer. So it wasn't like uncommon for like, or maybe it wasn't an event or maybe it was like through work. That's probably more the um, the term for it because maybe he happened to be in the hospital because of a case he was working on and met her or whatever. But anyways, through work somehow they met and became friends. Their relationship progressed over the next several years and they became more than friends around 2011. I'm not sure what prompted it, if both were in unhappy marriages or what, but it happened. Hmm. There, there's no indications of like huge marital issues on either side. Yes. So the two continued an affair, possibly on and off. We aren't completely for sure over like basically the next 10 years because it was like between 2010, 2011 that this progressed. Yeah, 10 years. Wow. That's a long time to be sneaky. It is a long time. How do you keep that up? I don't even, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you keep that up. They communicated mainly through an app called Telegram. Now, have you heard of this app? No. I looked it up. It's an app that you can use to consolidate like all of your messaging apps. So if you have WhatsApp, this app, whatever that you're messaging through, you can kind of consolidate them all and get them all in one place. But you can also send secret messages through this, which I know that there's other apps that do that, but you set up a time frame and that message will quote unquote self-destruct after opening, after a certain amount of time after you open How do they it. make things like this? I don't know because it's just – I mean, it makes it easy for cheaters. <laughs> that's all I That's all I think of. Well, not I, even just cheaters but like children or, well, yeah. you know, or criminals. I mean – Yeah. <laughs> seems I mean, that's what Snapchat does. I mean, it disappears after you open it. It's true. It's no longer retrievable. So anyway. So yeah. I, Weird. It's, it's called Telegram. Anyway, Got it. It's still out there. Claire's husband, Andrew, becomes suspicious that she's cheating because he found some hotel key cards, Valentine's cards that she had somewhere that were addressed to curly toes. So weird. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. He had seen some transactions on their account that he didn't recognize. And I want to say that some of them were like hotel related. And so he was like, hmm, that's weird. And he found a men's rugby shirt in her belongings. She's getting lazy. Yeah. He also, well, after 10 years, gosh, wouldn't you think you could get lazy almost? Like, I can't imagine. Yeah. Because I don't know how far in he was. Well, I think this was actually 
pretty close to the events of the crime that's about to occur that he was getting suspicious. So it had been a long time that she had been seeing him. Sounds like a soap opera. I'm already. Yeah. So Andrew also had seen some emails to Bremer where Claire stated she loved him. When he asks her about that, she tries to convince him that they're very old emails and that he and he's not really sure because they all get deleted before he can go back and like look at the dates on them. So maybe she's saying, yeah, it happened, but it was a long time ago and you don't need to worry about it. So anyway, that was her excuse. They <clears throat> try to go to counseling, but it's not really working as he keeps having his suspicions. He calls Bremer at one point to confront him, which I believe was in March of 2020, and ask him about this. But he and Claire had already, Bremer and Claire had already spoken about this, and they kind of colluded on how to handle the situation. Like, if my husband calls you, this is what we should say. Let's get our story straight. Hmm. So he's not, and of course, Andrew's not totally convinced that they're telling the truth anyway. But anyway. He leaves his daughter's phone in Claire's car so that he can kind of track because they can track where she is. So, oh. phone. Mm-hmm. and it shows that she had gone to work to visit Bremer at work. And I'm assuming that he assumed she was going to visit him because it shows that she went to the Dorset County Police Station. Or no, he was working at a different area and it was at an airport. And so that's where it was. And so I'm assuming he's like, well, I know he works there. So Hmm. we go and like, she has no other reason to go there except, you know, to visit him. So he sent her a text. Don't come home. Well, she comes Um. home at some point, like, like within a few days, she comes home, but Andrew admits that they don't sleep in the same bed for a few days, but he is still willing to try and make things work because clearly like, you know, he loves her. They have two kids together. You know, he wants to make it work. So while all of this is happening with Claire and Andrew, um, I don't know the exact timing on this, but it seems that it's all overlapping. Claire starts becoming suspicious that Bremer is cheating on her. And I'm using his last name just because, I don't know, Timothy is just – Timothy, Timothy, Tim- Timothy. Oh, Timothy. Oh, Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Anyway. So she started to become suspicious that he's cheating on her. So she sets up a fake Facebook account. And starts trolling his account and figures out throughout time that, that throughout the time that they had been together, that he could have ha- possibly had affairs with two other women, one of which was another police officer. So she contacts that woman through Facebook and, fi- and finds out that, yes, it is true that they had a brief affair in 2011, which is not during long their into time. their, yes, but not long into it. And it's also right around when Claire was pregnant and at the end of her pregnancy with her first child. Oh, yeah. So it was kind of like maybe she wasn't in the mood and so he strayed to someone else. I don't I don't know. I'm speculating. She wasn't in the mood. But that's what I feel like Claire's thinking. Like, oh, right. at the end of my pregnancy, I was almost going to give birth. So he went to somebody else. So Also, that's a really big betrayal. I mean, it is anyways, but to be pregnant also. But it's not his kid. I know. I know. Let's don't feel bad for anybody here. (laughs) I mean, there's like lots of lots of issues with all of this here. But I'm trying. I'm not blaming victim blaming or anything in this situation when it comes to all of this. But she's cheating. She's pregnant with her husband's kid, and now she's pissed that the guy she's cheating on with is cheating on her. (laughs) 
So anyway, it's a very big, tangly. very tangled web. So hopefully y'all can keep following. So the other women that he had an affair with said that once she found out he was married, so she didn't know he was married or seeing Claire at the same time. So, but when she found out that he was married, she called it off immediately. Like she was like, nope, I'm, I'm not having anything to do with this. But she also at the same time felt like he had some sort of hold over her, like he was charming and she was drawn to him, but she still didn't want to have anything to do with that kind of situation. Um, she would later start a relationship with someone else, but Bremer would send her messages sexual in nature for a long time after. And she like had them to show <laughs> apparently for hmm. to prove it. Mm-hmm. So some of the messages that Claire and this other police officer exchange, Claire is stating this. He is intensely charismatic and a real charmer. I thought we had a future until I found out about Martha. Oh, that's what the other policewoman was saying. I'm sorry. I'm confusing this. He put me in a total, put me on a total pedestal and then broke me down again. And then Claire states, excuse my language in this. He is total shit. He promised me the world and let me down. I was sucked in. And she also says that she wants to let Martha know what kind of man that she is married to. So, And she states this quite frequently, like constantly saying, I want to tell Martha. I want to tell Martha. And she quote says, hell hath no fury. I'm embarking on a slow and prolonged downfall of Mr. Man Whore Bremer. Ho, <laughs> ho, ho. She is pissed. Also, pissed. they say shite. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> he is such a shite. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. It just... <laughs> doesn't sound as good. No, it doesn't. doesn't sound as good. Okay. So when she talks about this downfall, she's also apparently talking about something that she reported apparently to the Office of Police Conduct because she was – thinking that he was working nights at a side job. And his current position was that with the National Police Air Service. And she had concerns that he was flying this helicopter unlike no sleep because he was like in between working nights on his second job that nobody knew about. So she reported this to the Office of Police Conduct as well. So she's trying to like take him down professionally. Yes, apparently. Too. I mean, woman scorned, right? It's true. Yes. So, needless to say, as I've said, she's a little mad at this point and is accusing Bremer of cheating and constantly texting him, like accusing him of this. He actually says at some point that she he thinks it was like around a thousand messages. I don't know if that was like an exaggeration to say it was like nonstop or legitimately mm-hmm. a thousand messages. He becomes upset by this and is also scared because she's saying that she'll tell his wife what's happening. So And Claire and Bremer had not been really seeing a whole lot of each other at this point because it's COVID-19 shutdown. So, you know, they're they're communicating a lot and, like, maybe meeting every now and then. Also, their poor wife. He is just we, running around all over town. Right. And and she's a detective. Wow. How'd she, she not detect Which that? means she was a very busy lady. Well, she was. She was a very busy lady, and she had a nine-year-old, right? And, a son, so. Did she say, how did she not detect that? Yes, it went right <laughs> over your head, though. Oh, me. <laughs> Anyways. So, Claire is, ins- is insistent that the two meet up to talk about the situation. So, on May 9th, 2020, they make a plan to meet up at the Horns Inn pub in the parking lot because clearly this place, it's, you know, the bars are shut down at this point. Right. So, the tells In their mask. I don't think they were in their masks. <laughs> 
Bremer tells his wife, Martha, that the, he needs to go and pick up some of his clothes that he had left at work, like in his locker or something, and that he was going to pick up some meat for their socially distant barbecue that they were going to have that afternoon with some neighbors. So just before three, he leaves at like noon, by the way. So this like almost three hours later, just before three, he texts her that he's speeding and racing home as fast as he can. Sorry, sorry, sorry. He's late. He pulls into the Horns parking lot, Horns Inn parking lot around 240. Claire, not far behind. And this is all you can see on CCT, CCTV footage. Both cars pull in, but then pull off camera for a bit. And then around 325, Timothy comes walking into the frame and just goes and sits at the entrance of the parking lot. And after a little bit of time, a pedestrian walks up and it's, it's not, I was going to say it's funny. It's not funny, but it's interesting. You see this pedestrian walk up and like kind of look at him and then like look in the parking lot and then take a couple more steps closer and then look again. And he's just like hesitant to like really approach him. It seemed. Um, but anyway, cause, cause I think, well, not, I think according to witnesses. He's saying, help me, help me. I'm never going to see my son again. And I'm going to prison for a long time. That's what he's just sitting there like saying. He has blood all over his arm and his clothes. And so 911 is called. According to the records of these 911 calls, I did not listen to them. He is the sobbing and yelling that he is doing is, can be heard by the, the um, 911 operator on the call. Okay. I don't know if it's 911 though. There. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I know in but Australia, anyway. it's like 999. I don't know. Right. Yeah. And anyway, police are called or emergency assistance is called because all they see is that he's sitting there bleeding. Right. And they call the ambulance. And saying help. Yes. Me. Right. And after this break, I will get into what happened with that call. Okay. So let me note here that the most the most of the following accounts of events was what was told by Bremer. Okay. okay. So, we only have, so we only have his side. So it's said multiple times. We don't know if we'll ever know the full truth of what happened, but this is what he is saying. An ambulance is called because Bremer's got blood all over him. Once they arrive, they tend to his injuries on his arm and are asking him what's going on. And he starts talking about not believing what happened and that she attacked him and whatnot. And at this point they realize okay, what? Like you're mentioning someone else in this situation. Maybe we should go check that car that's in the parking lot. Oh my gosh, they didn't? No, because he's there injured with wounds on his arm and they're tending to him. So they go. that The doors are open to the car. Both, I believe both are open. For sure the driver's side, I believe both sides are open. And as the paramedic approaches, he can clearly see someone is hanging out of the driver's side door. As he describes it, it looked as if someone had fallen asleep, leaning on the door, and then somebody opened it. And the person just kind of like flopped out. Oh, gosh. So as he approached, he could see that she was bluish, her face in the face, and knew that she needed help. But in order to perform any life-saving measures, he had to take her out of the car and get her on the ground. So he does this. And... Gets her breathing again, gets her heart back into rhythm, but he says it's weak the whole time. And during all this, someone radios for the police to come because clearly now they're like, okay, there's there's been a crime here. Something more than just an accident has happened, so let's get the police here. Also, the paramedic found Claire's work ID on her and recognizes her from him being at the hospital in and out and whatnot and also realized that they're about to take her to the hospital that she works in. So he immediately like calls in for – 
it puts into motion some sort of protocol for this type of situation so that the people that she works with are not there like, oh my gosh, what's happening? So yeah, anyway. interesting. As police enter the scene, they're talking to an hysterical Timothy. And there's also now body cam footage of this part of the story. He's saying how she was so mad. She was going to tell his wife that they were having an affair. I don't know what happened. She took my phone. And he's just sobbing, like saying these things kind of over and over again. It's it's also oh, in all of the news articles that he's talking about how he's sobbing, but you can watch this on the video. He states she wouldn't get out of my car, so I robustly tried to get her out, and she must have died in the fight as I was trying to push her out of the car. He also says at some point that she stabbed him a few times in the arm, which was the um, injuries that he had sustained with a pen knife that he had. I was just going to say, with what? He had a pen knife. So... Throughout the articles, it also he states several times that he was so distraught over all the situation that he was intending to kill himself. Like he attempted to go buy a rope pre- prior to meeting her, but he wasn't able to because of COVID. Like stores were shut down, or they, I don't know, whatever. There was issues. I, I don't know if I believe him, so I didn't really like hmm. it. But so he also had this pen knife in the car, saying that that's what he was going to use. But he says that she stabbed him several times in the arm. At this point, he's arrested for attempted murder and is taken to the hospital to be treated. I think he needed a minor surgery, but after that, he was, like, released from the hospital. Claire is taken to a different hospital and treated, but on May 10th, Claire died in the hospital. So then Timothy Bremer is rearrested for murder at this point. What did she die from? Oh, oh, okay, okay. I will get to that. I will get to that. Okay. Okay. So that's the version of events that we have what – he's saying happened in the car, what he's telling police, right? And we won't, we can't get Claire's side of the story, clearly. So now let's move on to the investigation and trial notes. So we have some witnesses attesting to the fact that she was diving into this, like, into all of his extramarital affairs. You know, we have that other cop that she spoke to. So she, like, we have people that say, yes, she was going into this and kind of spiraling about it and whatever. So they confirm that with her. So we can assume that Claire did, in fact, want to meet up with him to discuss this because she was mad, sad, upset, whatever. And we see her coming into this uh, into the lot with the footage that we saw, what we have. And as we heard earlier, Tim said he told his wife he was out getting meat and had texted his wife that he was hurrying home. Well, around 3.02, his wife receives another text message. So we get now that from her and from the phone that from Bremer's phone that says, I am cheating on you. That's all it said. Oh. At 3.02. Yeah. She tries texting back, calling, but immediately within minutes, it's going straight to voicemail. Bremer says that text was sent by Claire because when she took his phone to look at all his social media, she wanted to see his social media on his phone. That's what she said she needed the phone for, but she sent this text to Martha. That's what he's saying. We assume that they had been arguing about this the whole time that they're together in the parking lot. And at a later point, he admits that those stab wounds on his arm were self-inflicted. So first he says Claire stabbed him with them. Right. In the middle of a fight. Yes. Now he's saying that he, he did it, but he's saying it's because he was so upset that he was saying he was going to kill himself. And so he was doing that to prove to her that he intended to kill himself. And then he was getting even more upset because 
she had zero reaction to it. Like she didn't care that he did that to his arm in the car. And so he's even more mad that she's not caring that he stabbed himself. (laughs) So in the trial, he does stick to his story being that all of this was accidental. He says he accidentally strangled her in a kerfuffle. (laughs) These were the words. (laughs) My gosh. And then his arm must have slipped in all the melee. (laughs) Oh, I like it so much. (laughs) But I'm like, "Mm, your arm slipped. Yeah. She dies. Like I, I'm still not able to. You don't accidentally envision. strangle someone. Don't try to fool us with your fancy words. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and so then somebody was also saying that what he meant by it was like he slipped and his arm went underneath her. And when he was trying to like pull back, he was against her neck. I'm sorry, but it takes minutes to strangle somebody. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So we've seen this movie too, before. But- Okay, so at 3.05, remember, that text was sent at 3.02 to the wife. At 3.05, just three minutes after that text was sent, his phone was put through a factory reset and all of the data was deleted. So investigators could get nothing off of his phone. Anything that was happening in the past, text messages between them, nothing, like nothing, they can get nothing. So my assumption is that within those three minutes and when that is when that struggle ensued and when he killed her and then had the wherewithal to factory reset his phone. Yep. So cover his okay. tracks. Exactly. So then of course there's that 20 minute gap. Well, it's 305 the the uh the phone is reset. Okay, but the he doesn't walk into frame until 20 minutes later at 325. So what what was he doing? He says he doesn't remember. I have no idea what happened. So all of it was a blur. Couldn't believe that it happened, so I have no idea. Fine. That happens to people blackout whatever. But I say, why did you think you were going to prison for a long time and would never see your kid again? Because he's also stating that he doesn't know when he did walk away that she was as in, ba- in as bad a shape as she was. Mm-hmm. So but why is he saying that he's never going to see his kid again and goes to prison if he just thinks she's injured back there? Because that's what mm-hmm. he's yelling on the – And it was all right? an accident anyway. Right. Is what he said. So – exactly. So Whatever. He also states that Claire broke the unwritten rule. This is all things he's saying during the trial. He, She broke the unwritten rule of an affair. I didn't realize there was unwritten rules of affairs. but And that rule is not to ask questions about your home life, like the person, the other person's mm. home life. Because this is supposed to be like your happy place and you're, you're not thinking about that is what he's saying. Like this was our happy, our happy thing. Like anyway, so that sent him in a spin and then into a panic when she was so upset. So I'm venturing to say he's victim blaming her now in this trial. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So they attempted to get info off of Claire's Apple Watch to see if they could pinpoint the exact time her heart stopped, but she had a pin on it and they were not able to get into it. And they also tried to get information off of her phone, but she had a six-digit pin that no one knows. Literally, like her husband doesn't know it. No one. No, no. Well, no, because she has been having an affair for 10 years. Yes, exactly. So they couldn't unlock it. Now, here's an interesting thing. They started to run a software on the phone that, like, go, runs through all the possible combinations for PIN numbers. And they started it in August of 2020. And investigators said at the trial that the software states, like, I guess there's, like, a thing that goes across, like, how long this will take. You know, like, when something's downloading, oh, three minutes longer, oh, you know? right. 
that it could take 19 years to crack. Wow. How crazy is that? That like some software that should run super quickly is going to take 19 years to crack her six-digit pin. Anyway, huh. they, they're like at a loss with where they can get information from. Anyway, but somehow, and I don't know how, because it doesn't really state, they're not a, they're able to get a little bit of data off of her phone. They can like extract minimal data. And part of what they extract is a note that was written but unsent to Martha on Claire's phone. It was written two days before she died, but she okay. didn't send it. Martha it, is Bremer's wife. Bremer's wife. So okay, she's okay. She was already in her spiral and she was probably like, I'm going to send this to her and then thought about it and didn't send it. Hmm. So part of it said, your husband is a man whore. <laughs> Myself and others. I, I can't help but read these things because anyway, it's, they're, they're fantastic um, little blips. But well, it's anyway. real life. I mean. But it's know. real life. Yeah. Myself and others have fallen victim to his words and charm. She goes on to talk about how he sucks her in and sucked others in and ruined her marriage and her life and then says, I've since realized I was not the only one. He has weaved his story into at least two more women. He tells us that we are special and that he hasn't fallen in love with us. So she clearly wanted Martha to know everything but didn't send it. So now let's get into the medical examiner's findings. I'm sorry that this is so spotty and like, just like, here, let's throw this in. Let's throw this in. But this is literally what I had to work with. <laughs> so, Well, and I think this is how it really happened too. So, well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So Claire died, as you asked earlier, from a brain injury caused by compression of the neck. Basically, lack of oxygen to the brain. Okay. There were fractures in her neck loss of mm. consciousness, and she also went into cardiac arrest during or immediately after the attack. There were also some breaks in her jaw, which was explained that during the trial at, as something that happens if you're being um, strangled because you like lower your jaw down mm -hmm. as like, I don't know, a protection, like a whatever. And so your jaw can break a lot of the times when oh, you're doing Oh my that. goodness. Based on scientific reports... Mrs. Perry may have been strangled for 10 to 30 seconds for the facial hemorrhaging to appear that they had found on her. So let's just think about that for a second. 10 to 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. He's saying all of this happened accidentally, right? And he like didn't even realize it was happening. But if you think about 10 seconds, and I'm about to pause and not say anything for 10 seconds, just so we can really grasp the like length of time that is. Okay. That's 10 seconds. Doesn't that seem like a pretty long time? It was a super long time. And, that, and they're saying really 10 to 30. So, yeah, so it could have been three, three times longer. Right. Exactly. And you're saying that this was accidental. You didn't know what was happening. Anyway, whatever. Just, I'm sorry. Just needed to get that. Because <laughs> I was like, mm-mm. Anyway, Bremer ends up getting cleared of murder charges because clearly they have to prove that he intended, like he went into this meeting intending to kill her. Mm-hmm. It was a 12-day trial in October of 2020. He gets cleared. But he had previously pled guilty to the manslaughter because he had admitted that this thing ensued and she died. So a judge sentences him to 10 and a half years, which infuriates people, mm. including yeah. Claire's husband, who made a statement after the judgment 
And with everything that he said, I just felt I needed to read it. So that's, I'm about to read his statement or parts of his bits and pieces of it. I'm incredibly disappointed at the verdict of this trial. I believe Bremer's account of the day to be inconsistent and untruthful. Plus this guy's a policeman. So he's like very logical Mm -hmm. about what he's saying too. I mean, he's emotional, but he's logical. As the murder trial heard, he conducted a factory reset on his mobile telephone, which was which has hindered the police investigation and leaves us with an incomplete picture of the days of events. I feel we will never truly know exactly what happened. What we do know is that Bremer used such force against Claire that she suffered fractures to her neck, lost consciousness, went into cardiac arrest, arrest, and eventually died. Having used that amount of force has... He has failed to render any assistance to her, which could have saved her life. As a trained police officer, he would have had the ability to save her life. So, fact. I mean. It is. It's like, that's all. And so that would be like negligent homicide because you do nothing. You just walk away. Right. You walked away. Whether it was accidental or not, you walked away and you did not fulfill your duties as a police officer, as a sworn in police officer. Instead, he chose to tell lies from the moment he was discovered by witnesses stating that Claire had stabbed him. He has since admitted that this was a lie and he inflicted those injuries on himself. This lie led to a delay in Claire receiving what could have been life-saving treatment, a fact that remains incredibly distressing. Bremer is a well-practiced liar with years of experience. Referencing, well, you've had a 10-year affair. You've Mm -hmm. clearly been lying for 10 years. He has shown himself as the trial exposed to be consistently dishonest, deceitful, and devious. We do not accept his version of events and all the inconsistency that it contains. So that was his statement. Pretty much immediately after that trial, the attorney general's office put in a appeal for the sentence for it's some unduly lenient sentence scheme. Mm -hmm. I I forgot to look that that up, but I'm assuming it means we feel like uh, you were too – lenient on this guy. So you should increase it. And Bremer also puts an appeal because clearly he wants it reduced. What? 10 years? I think that's too little. (laughs) I mean, not little enough. Someone is dead, my dude. Right. Exactly. Uh, And two kids are without a mom. Yes. In March of 2021, the Court of Appeals added three years to his sentence and the judge made multiple references to how Bremer had to have known what he was doing at the time, whether he went into the situation intending to do it or not, that he thinks he purposefully did kill this woman. At some point, he knew what he was doing, and he kept going. He was told that he would have to serve at least two-thirds of his sentence before he could apply for uh, parole, which is eight or nine years, Mm -hmm. like between eight and nine years. Anyway... He was fired, little random note, he was fired for his misconduct, for misconduct in September of 2020 and put on a national police barred list. So even if he gets out, he can't go and become a cop again somewhere right. else. So that's good. But again, I'm sorry this was such a sketchy, like, whatever, but this guy killed his lover of 10 years because she, basically because she sent a text message to his wife, I think. like, Well, because she was over his cheating rear end. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Even though they were having an affair, I'm sure she loved him. Right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And and at that point, it's believed that Claire felt like her marriage was ending and this relationship with him was ending. So she probably just felt like her life was about to implode and she mm-hmm. was just like it distressed 
in distress over all of it. Yeah. And yeah. So I anyway. also really feel bad for the significant others of these two people, mm-hmm. like Claire's husband and Bremer's wife, because they're totally in the dark about all of this. And then all of a sudden Claire winds up dead and he Bremer is the one who killed her. Right. And they're like, wait, how do they know each other? You know what I mean? Like there's like, I can't even imagine. <laughs> what yeah. Kind of, that's right. a roller coaster. No, it is. And Andrew actually had stated a couple times in different articles that it, he was really pissed that Bremer didn't just plead guilty and like spare them the trial. Right. Because he's like, all of our dirty laundry got aired in this trial, which is why I actually like, I didn't even see if we could get like case notes, which I don't know if they're available, if it's too soon or if we can even get like trial notes or anything like that from the UK. I have no idea. I didn't even look into it because I was like, you know what? Would it have made this story better to know why did she go into this affair? Because maybe that came out in the trial. Maybe like they asked, Mm. are you guys having marital issues? But, you know, but in the end, it doesn't matter. No. They had an affair. He killed her. Cut and dry, like done. And so I didn't try and really find out like all of the sensational details of why this started because he's, he's right. Like now everybody who was there knows this stuff and it all came out like in this trial. And there's so children. Had, and there, yeah, there's children. There's children that have to grow up now in the same town. Yeah. <sighs> so, um, I liked that case. I see why it was intriguing to you. Yeah. I mean, it intrigued me initially because the headlines were like, cop kills nurse lover after sending text message to wife. And I was like, ah, seems like a crimes and closets kind of story. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where I was drawn in. (laughs) Like, cop kills someone? (sighs) Anyway. (laughs) Sorry. In the UK, too? No. Um, Anyway. Um, I do have a random tidbit to share that because okay. all of this happened in the UK. And so all of the articles were from like UK um, newspapers and stuff like that. Um, but they referred to the weight, you know, height and weight of the victim and the, you know, what's his name? Perpetrator. Um, and when they referred to the weight, they said that he was 14 stones. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'm not interesting. And Isn't I, that a kerfuffle? <laughs> it's a kerfuffle. <laughs> so I had to look it up and figure out what the heck does that mean? Well, he was about 196 pounds because okay. 14, a stone is 14 pounds. Okay. 14 pounds for every stone. The more anyway. you know. The more you know. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I wish we had the music. I don't know. <laughs> we would if we had Bryce's little thing. <laughs> yes. <His little> sound <laughs> thing. We got to get one of those in the closet. I know. I know. <laughs> anyway. So, anyways, that's well, it. That's my story. That was wild. Yeah. I hope everybody was able. You didn't warn anybody to hold on to their pants. So we could have just had knickers flying off everywhere. <laughs> did you see what I did there? <laughs> I've been waiting yeah. to say knickers. <laughs> <laughs> Got you. 
I'm here all day. I'm here all day. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for telling the story. Thanks for picking a story on your own. Like we love the suggestions. We really do. But sometimes it feels like we are getting back to our roots when we just find a story that interests us and run with it. So we hope you guys liked it. Just took a little trip to the UK. That was Australian sounding, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Throw another shrimp on the barbie. Anyway. All right. So if you guys liked us, let, liked the story, let us know and come and find us on all the things. Um, I'm sure we'll get back to a suggestion for next week or the week mm-hmm. after. So keep sending those in. Um, we have quite a list and they all look so amazing. So we're just kind of trying to work our way through the list and piece them in when we can. Um So keep sending them in. If you like what you hear, we would love to have a rating and a review from you guys. We've gotten like the nicest messages from people that are so great. They inspire us so much. So keep those coming too. And always remember the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closet.